Oh, man. That was a great last segment. Uh, calls and texts continue to come in. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of people in my life that I can call up and say, hey, what do you think about XYZ? The smartest one of them, besides my dad, who's not with us anymore, one of the smartest one is Jason Rowe from Rowe Strategic. And, and Jason jumped on with me today as we were shifting some guests around. And Jason, I'm going to throw you a curveball if you'll allow me. And I know you want to get into the local politics, the GOP here in Michigan. But let me throw something across you first. Can I do that? Sure. What choice do I have now? You have me hostage. You are my hostage, my friend. Like my youngest brother, Tim, was on Guy Gordon's show this morning and kind of, you know, they asked him about Roe v. Wade and he, you know, very poignantly said, look, this might be the no, first no time relation. that. No relation if that's your question, Chris. <laughs> he said there, now that Roe v. Wade is off the table at the federal level, we have taken, we've removed, you know, 30 to 40 million single, single issue voters that normally fall in line with Republican Party. Anyway, they've owned that issue for so long. And we, we've seen, of course, the, in the last, what, 30, 40, even 50 years, the Democrat Party has largely owned the entitlement issues, especially in the black community. They have manipulated and very much hoodwinked to that vote a lot of the time. They certainly own the climate change voter who that might be their single issue. Is the GOP now kind of tasked with starting to create new absolute hot button issues is to, in order to get some of those people just to fall in? Is it is it guns like a caller just pointed out is it immigration what else are we are we missing you know i I don't think it is that we've got to find new issues we've just need to figure out what our coalition is i mean the the historical conservative coalition that was really forged uh in the reagan presidency and after the, the roe v wade decision was marrying uh kind of a hawkish pro military foreign policy a conservative fiscal, you know, low, low spending, low taxes, uh, economic agenda, and then the social agenda that really was organized around the abortion issue and then, you know, evolved into uh, protecting uh, marriage and, and things like that. Um, you, you know, one of the struggles of the modern conservative movement is in many ways we were united by um, the Cold War. And when the Cold War ended, the coalition kind of fell apart because we all had a common en- enemy, which was communists. And so that was one of the uniting factors. And so you started to see those three stools maybe chip away at each other here and there, but we largely kept that coalition together. Um, I think taking abortion off the issue in terms of a Supreme Court decision definitely um, disables one of the organizing issues that Republicans have relied on. But it's also done the same for Democrats. I would say, you know, uh, the pro-choice position within the Democratic Party is the holy grail. I think that is the first, second and third most important issue within the Democratic coalition. And they are going to, you know, have some last gasps of trying to figure out what they're going to do in respective states. But I don't think as a national organizing issue, whether it is mobilizing people or, or raising money, that it will have the potency that it's had up through the 22 election and it'll be interesting to see how it progresses dissipates or grows over the next uh several sure. years but i think it will dissipate all right well said look you you've uh, hinted at some some pretty sweeping things that may be happening within the michigan gop here in the next little while fill us in on that what is the what is the state of michigan's gop now at legislative level up in lansing well, you know, I think the, the state Republican Party has been considered largely a non-factor uh, in, in the election cycle and in terms of what's happening in Lansing legislatively uh, this year. 
um, you know, you have an ascension of um, Trump loyal uh, leadership that has made uh, no bones about their dislike of the donor class, the folks that have historically funded the state Republican Party. Uh, I think that there's a, a bit of naivete in how fundraising works for the state party. And, and I think there was a belief amongst the leadership that it didn't really matter um, how money was raised. It mattered who raised it. And so I think there was the sense that once they get in control of the organization, all these grassroots conservatives are going to just start sending money in and raising money in the mail, raising money digitally through email and text is very, very expensive. And you really need the major donors that write the four and five and six figure checks to the party to fund its operations and fund its ability to run these small dollar programs that, that generate very little net profit, but get people engaged and expand the number of people that are participating. And so, you know, when this new leadership came in, they, you know, told the big donors to pound sand and, you know, probably didn't have the financial resources to do the small dollar programs. And so, as I, you know, I thought might happen is they're going to come to about June or July and realize they don't have the resources to keep the lights on. Sure. Um, the big question was going to be the, the Mackinac uh, Public Policy Conference, which is a uh, uh, every two years they have it on the island. It's a, a big event and attracts presidential candidates almost every single time. And everyone wondered if the, this leadership would be able to pull it off because, it, you know, this thing is a, a big operation. It you know, costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to put on. You need corporate sponsors to fund a lot of it. You've got to get people that are willing to pay $500 plus to uh, get a room at the Grand Hotel. And then you have to get your speakers. And so they spent, made some commitments to some folks like Jim Caviezel, in which apparently they took out a $110,000 loan to pay his speaking fee. Um, this conference typically will get 1,500 to 2,000 people. I think they had just over 500 that participated this time. And so everyone's question was, can the state party pull off the Mackinac Conference? Um, they pulled it off, but they ended up in debt. And then after there was a lot of finger pointing over who was responsible for the failures, there was some um, you know, not sharing of information with people in relevant authoritative positions. And so what ended up happening is this new leadership kind of turned on each other and they've been fighting amongst each other and, and basically made the state Republican Party a, a non-relevant entity in, in Michigan politics for the moment. On December 27th, there's going to be another state committee meeting and there's going to be an effort to remove the, the chairwoman, Christina Caramo. And from what I hear, the votes are there, so we'll see what happens. And you know, if if the votes do, it's an executive committee vote, so it's not the full um, state committee, but just the the 200 or so folks, and it's less than 200 yeah. that kind of govern. We'll decide on if Christina Karama will be um, the, the the party chairman in 2024. Former um, Ambassador Pete Hoekstra, he was ambassador to the Netherlands under. Donald Trump, and he was a longtime member of Congress, served as chairman of the Intel Committee. So, you know, a serious person has indicated he's interested in, in taking over. And uh, so the 27th, just two days after Christmas, there's going to be a reckoning at the state party. Right. Jason, in uh, 20 seconds, that's all we have left. Is there anything seismic that's really hanging in the balance? If they don't get their act together, what is, the, what is their biggest loss that they might incur by not finding some balance and putting good leadership in place? 
you know, the state Republican Party is the only entity in the state that can pull everyone together from the county, you know, the 83 county Republican Party organizations to the Republican National Committee, Senatorial Committee, the Congressional Committee, all these different entities that have a lot of interest. We want to take back the House. We want to win congressional seats in Grand Rapids, Lansing and Flint. And we want to win the U.S. Senate seat. And yeah. the state party is uniquely positioned to bring all those interested parties together and sit at the state table and, and organize. And in their absence, it's harder for these groups to coordinate sure. and work together to get things done. Well, there's no I in team. They better figure that out, huh? Thanks, Jason. As always, you're the best. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. We'll be back with Chris Renwick in just a few minutes, and we'll throw it over to him at 2 o'clock.